Welcome to Inside the Labyrinth Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts speaking, Frank. I am an active New York City police officer, and I'm part of Reps for Responders. I've had the honor and privilege to journey through the labyrinth with my other host, Jay, the real Jumpman Jay on Instagram. He's a veteran officer and also part of the SWAT team in one of the cities in New York. We would just like to thank you for journeying through the labyrinth with some of the great guests that we have had on the show so far. We will continue to make episodes with all the positive feedback that we have received. If anyone has any idea, topic, or anyone we would like to interview, please email us at repsforresponders at gmail.com. Reps for Responders is a nonprofit out of Rockland County, New York. We provide free open gym for all active, retired, and volunteer first responders, military, and veteran. Reps for Responders also has a weekly Zoom meeting, which is a support group every Sunday at 7 p.m. to let first responders and military let off steam or talk about anything that they want to talk about, positive, negative, or anything they're struggling with. Reps for Responders has five certified recovery coaches through New York State to help battle addiction and alcoholism. If anyone is struggling, please don't be afraid to reach out to Reps for Responders. You can find us on Instagram at reps underscore four underscore responders or visit our website at repsforresponders.org. Again, from myself and Jay, personally, we thank you. As a recovering alcoholic, I would like to personally thank you because you have kept me sober just for today. All in and have a great day. All right, and here we go. How you doing, everybody? My name is Frank. Welcome to the Labyrinth Podcast. I am a police officer in New York. This is the first time we're shooting this podcast, so bear with us here. And I'm with my uh, my co-host, my man, Jay. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's uh, it's Jay, a.k.a. the real Jumpman Jay. Um, I am a police officer as well in the, uh, in the state of New York, I should say. Uh, I'm part of the emergency service unit, and... Uh, Today we have a um, an illustrious guest by the name of Aaron Loman, aka uh, Huge Fat Loser on Instagram. How's it going, brother? What's up, man? I wouldn't call myself illustrious, but uh, <laughs> but thank you very much. Anytime, man. Anytime. So Frank, go ahead, brother. Start it off. Uh, real quick, just so you guys know what the Labyrinth Podcast is. Um, in Greek mythology, there is a story with the Minotaur and Thesis. Um, every Greek mythology has a psyche meaning behind it, and it has a story based on, uh, on your perception. So the labyrinth is your mind. The minotaur is your fears, your doubts, your anxiety. Thesis is the Greek warrior who defeated the minotaur, which is confidence, uh, which, which is, um, love. And it shows that you have all these you well honestly you have all these traits in yourself you everyone has their own trait has these traits so basically um we're trying to show not to get lost in the labyrinth in your own mind and we're going to start interviewing people on how they came out of their own hero journey they got lost in their own labyrinth and they came out on top and they became more like thesis and now don't forget you know you always have your creativity but this can always come back so i'm very excited to talk to aaron over here uh, he came, he overcame fear and his uh, amazing story, honestly. It's, it's truly amazing. And um, I can't wait to 
to share this. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, man. So, Aaron, just real quick, um, you know, your name, like we just introduced you, where you're from, and what do you do for a living? Uh, my name is Aaron Lohman, a.k.a. Huge Fat Loser on Instagram. And uh, I'm a sergeant with the New York City Police Department. All right. So you're, you just recently got reassigned to the health and wellness unit, right? Can you just tell us a little bit about the health and wellness unit and uh, what your job is or role, I should say? Sure. I'm a sergeant in the NYPD health and wellness section. It's a newly formed section. They just started in August of last year, and they're still uh, putting some of the finishing touches on it. But pretty much what the unit it does is they want to make sure that the cops take care of themselves physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, everything. Because as we know, with the suicides that have been going on and, um, you know, everything else that cops have with issues, uh, whether it be like getting in shape, being healthy, being mentally healthy, um, the job recognized that there was a problem and they are actively trying to fix it and make cops' lives better. Um, pretty much what my role is, is I have a couple roles, one of which is I am the peer support sergeant. So I am in charge of the peer support program okay. where we actively recruit people who want to be a peer support officer, the people who are going to provide resources for the people at the command level. That's the people at the command who are going to contact. You're going to contact them if you need somebody to talk to, if you need resources or if you need any type of uh, help whatsoever, those are the people to reach out to. If you don't like the person in your command, you can contact any peer support officer in the city, including myself. Um, then the other role that I have is I run the Instagram page for them, uh, me and this uh, other officer, Chris, and another officer, uh, Colleen Quinn. And then okay. uh, the, th the third role that I have is I do fitness and nutrition, and I offer my services for free for anybody who wants them oh that's awesome that's awesome didn't, didn't know it entailed all of that um it, in, it entails it actually entails a lot more of the unit i mean we have people we have our own psychologist who is going to be seeing people on a case-by-case -case basis okay pretty much they work differently than the nypd psychologist the one that works for the department in the fact that we're trying to revolutionize uh treatment and pretty much go with what the LAPD model is, mm -hmm. not what we've currently been, do been doing. And what the LAPD model does is their goal is to not take cops' guns away. And that's uh, pretty much what we're trying to do here. And also we have lawyers that work in our office that are looking to change policy to make cops' lives better. Oh, that's actually uh, that's pretty interesting because that, like that was like a big fear amongst police officers that if they went and they spoke about um, – you know, some of the issues that they were having is you were going to get rubber gunned, you know, and that's where the stigma came in. It's like, oh, well, you know, if I tell these guys I'm having some issues, you know, the first thing they're going to do is just take my gun away, you know. No, of course. A, make me a desk jockey. And then because a lot of people, most of us, you know, who were on the street level, and I, I know you've spoken about this before, too. You work crime and, you know, you know, you love being out on the road. And the worst thing you can do to a cop who's actually going through things is take them off the road. You know what I mean? So commend you guys for going that route, the LAPD route, and, you know, not rubber gunning guys and just getting them the right, you know, resources to help them figure out their issues. Correct. I mean, it's a big thing. Like, I, it's more important to get cops help than it is to, you know, I mean, one of the worst things you could do to somebody is not only just take their gun, but transfer them, like, 
five boroughs away, the furthest yep. they could possibly go, and then like think about they're probably already in a bad situation that they're going through, and then it just makes it so much worse. Absolutely. Yeah, Frank, especially, yeah, especially when they, like you just said, Aaron, if they are going five boroughs away, it's kind of starting almost another, not a career, but another journey, and you're isolated, and you're, you might not be 100%, and how are you going to feel comfortable telling those cops, you know, one, why you're here, and two, they don't really know you, so that's definitely a tough situation, uh, Aaron. Oh, 100%. Thank you. First of all, thanks for your service, man. Thanks for everything you're doing. I appreciate that. Um, I got a quick question on the question, uh, what we just talked about. Now, that, those psycho, like those therapists and everything, is that separate from the psych unit in LaFrac, are those two different entities, or are they to get? You know what, what you know what I'm trying to say? Two, two different entities, completely. Okay, ten four. And yeah. now, any officer can uh, come to you guys, even if they're on probation or or not. Yeah, any any officer will be able to come to us. Same thing okay. with uh, EAU. EAU. Any officer can come to EAU. Okay, gotcha. I just want to clear that, make that clear for everybody. You know, yeah. I've heard situations where. Uh, if they're on probation, Papa couldn't, help, Papa couldn't help them and things like that. So I don't want people to get discouraged if they get denied from one one uh, source of help that there's always many sources of help out there. You know? Yeah, no, there's tons of sources out there. And like, the most important thing is that we get help if we need it. And, uh, you know, that's really honestly the most important thing. There's so many options and avenues out there that we cover. And that can be done privately outside of the department and outside of us. And we encourage that. And when I go to training and I, you know, I sit down and commission, the commissioner comes in, the chief of department comes in. And when I tell you that they talk to us and there's 100 percent buy in from the department level, even up top, uh, I mean it. They are 100 percent on board with the program. They're 100 percent on board with us getting help any way that we can. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's awesome, awesome, man. Literally, yeah. Um, so now to get to a little bit more about you, Aaron. I mean, this is a basic question. You hear this a lot, probably. So, what made you, from listeners that you know don't know you, wanted? What? Why did you want to become a police officer? Like, what made you even take the test in the first place? All right. So being a cop was never a dream of mine ever. Uh, I never wanted to be a police officer. I uh, pretty much was a loser. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I like the honesty. But- I mean, yeah, no, I, I, listen, I, I'm 100% honest all the time. So what happened was I was, I never finished college. I came home. I went to five different colleges. Finally, after the last time, I was a landscaper and a bouncer. And pretty much I wasn't making any money. And my mother was pretty much like, not in so many words, but she's like, listen, you're a loser. You got to figure something out or you're on your own. And I remember I was in my basement with my brother. And I was watching an episode of Cops. And I said to myself, I can do that. And, uh, you know, there was another guy that I worked with at the time. Like, he talked me into taking the test and filling out the whole written portion. Because back then, you couldn't do it online. You had to fill out, like, a written piece of paper to enroll in the test. Yeah, and, then I deferred, and then I deferred it, like, one time. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I can definitely do this. Wow. So uh, that's why I became a cop. And, uh you know, it's had its ups and downs, but I've definitely enjoyed it for sure ever since. 
Yeah, that's that's beautiful, man. Um, and it's funny how everyone, you know, either I feel like you didn't want to be like you just took the test, just like something like that, or someone always wanted to be a cop. You know, it's like it's crazy how that stuff works out. And how much time do you have on right now? What's up? How much time do you have on right now? Oh, I have 13 years on. Yeah, uh, a little over 13. I got promoted a little over 12, so I have a year and a half in rank. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, same same reason why, Aaron. What made you take that sergeant test? Uh, I've always kind of been the person that people go to, not for advice, but like to talk to about things. I never, ever, ever, ever wanted to be a boss. If you would have told me, like, I don't know, five years ago that I was going to be a sergeant, if you would have told me the day I, before I signed up to take the sergeant test that I was going to be a sergeant, I would have laughed at you. I sat in BMOC. Which, for those of you who are listening, that's like sergeant's training school. Thinking about, if I quit now, can I still go back to my assignment that I was in before? <laughs> you know, I just didn't want it, you know. And um, I think that's actually what helped me be <clears throat> a decent leader is that I never, you know, I never forgot what it was like to be a cop. but And I never will either. But what made me do it is I was in a position where I could study a little bit and uh Two people who were younger than me on the job were also studying, and they were like, listen, man, you, you got to do this. You'd be perfect for it. You really have to uh, apply yourself and push yourself further. And uh, me doing what I've done in the past, like with my fitness and all this other stuff, you know, one thing bleeds into another. Like the second you accomplish one goal, you start accomplishing more goals and more goals and more goals. And that's exactly what I did. I took this on as a goal, and I, I made it happen. All right, Aaron. So, so let me ask you a question. How was that uh, that that transition from uh, from officer to, to supervisor? Because I know that's like kind of a gray area. Because you know, a lot of guys they always say, um, you know, I'll never change. You know, but when you supervise people, you know, there's certain things that have to be that have to be done. You know what I mean? So, how was that, that transition yeah. from you know from a silver shield to getting those chevs on your arm? Uh, I made a promise. Like I said, when I got promoted, I made a promise to myself that, yes, I would obviously take being a sergeant seriously and I'd be, take being a supervisor seriously, but I would never forget where I came from as a cop. Uh, and I took that wholeheartedly into, like, I, when I became a sergeant, I had no idea what I was doing. So mm -hmm. I set off the thing at my very first roll call, pretty much. I said, listen, yeah, I took a test. I got promoted. I became a sergeant. I have these stripes on my arm. But that doesn't mean that I'm any different than any of you. Like, I don't know what it's like to be a cop in this command at all. Like, I know a little bit. Everybody in here knows a little bit. And at the end of the day, we're just a team. I'm just the person who has to be there when the chips fall where they may. And I'm willing to back you no matter what you do, as long as you don't do anything reckless. You know? Like, <laughs> and my guys, they they always, like... They were good to me, and I never had a problem, and I treated people like people with respect. But, um, I mean, you, as a, as a supervisor, especially as a sergeant, I think a huge problem comes in where guys get promoted, and they forget that they are the barrier between the upper-level management and your people. Yeah, absolutely. And you, unfortunately, what happens is guys don't understand mm -hmm. that. And guys take the, oh, well, shit rolls downhill. Too bad. I'm going to crap all over my people. I made sure always that if my 
captain or my superior called me into the office and had a problem, I took it. It was mine, and it ended with me. And I, there's some things that I would never even talk to my cops about ever, you know. And then um, also giving guys days off is huge. I, yeah. uh, I, I, any time I could get my guys off, which was pretty much every time, I made sure that I did it because we need time away from here. We spent enough time here, especially now. I'm sure like things are going to get crazier with added tours and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's- that was eloquently put, Aaron. I like that, man. I mean, a lot of guys uh, respect the supervisor that that understands that, you know, um, you know, they are the liaison, so to speak. And, um, you know, like you said, you know, you would take it and it would stop there and you would make sure that you take care of your guys. A lot of guys go to bat for um, supervisors like that. So, you know, thank you on, on behalf of like, you know, guys like me who, you know, I'm still a silver shield. So, you know, it, you know, we appreciate good bosses like you. So, you know, thank you for that answer, man. Thank you. Listen, I'm not listen. I'm not saying that like I'm perfect or anything. I'm sure that I did things that annoyed the crap out of the people. Out of the crap yeah, it's out just of things that have to get done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, you know. But like, you know. listen, I, I I try, and I think that unfortunately there's a lot of supervisors out there that don't try, and that's the yeah. big problem. And that I can agree with. That I can, I can second to that, Aaron. And uh, again, I've already commended you for your honesty, and thank you again. And I really just took a, I wrote down something you said. You said. You treat people with respect, and I, and I like the way you look, you know, you perceive that under the uniform, I know you said it before, is that we're people. We're not like the Terminator. We don't we don't go home after work. We don't charge up eight hours, get ready. And I always say we have family disputes. We have car accidents. We have life, too. And um, as I say, we as in cops. So I really appreciate you looking beyond the uniform um, on, that, on that perspective, you know? Yeah, no, we're all people, man. Like, uh... I think that people like supervisors a lot of times forget that, you know, and uh, it's huge. Like we're all people. The most important thing we have in our life isn't the I mean, shouldn't be the uniform. It should be what we have going on outside of it. Amen. Amen to that. I was about to say amen too, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) No, he hit the nail right on the head with that one. I, that's gonna be like a gospel gospel into the Bible of policing. Thanks be the Lord. (laughs) Thanks be the Lord. Um, Now uh i've never met you in in uh in real life aaron but i follow you on instagram and i follow your journey and it's amazing um i've seen your 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 uh, full transformation mentally physically um so can you kind of just tell us a little bit how you came up with the instagram username huge fat loser and kind of just about why you started that journey and um take it from there uh all right well it's why i started my fitness journey is one night i mean after having numerous health scares like i mean numerous i had a nightmare and i was sleeping and i had a nightmare i died at work that i got thrown off a building by somebody i was trying to overcome and i couldn't do it and i died and at the time i didn't have my son yet it was just my daughter so i imagined my daughter like growing up without me and my family growing up without me so it's kind of rough and uh so i woke up after that and i just never looked back and I just started trying to be the best person I could be from then on forward, you know. Uh, right around the same time, I just got done with being jammed up. So my attitude was really terrible. I hated the job. I hated everything about it. I hate. I mean, I was just a very, very, very negative, miserable person. So uh, I started changing my life one step at a time. And then uh, it was after, I want to say like eight months, 
of doing that, I lost like 70 pounds and like I was on my way to being a better person, being more positive, like working on that. And then my wife says to me, she says, listen, you should start a social media account. She actually said I should start a blog. And I did. I, I had a blog for a little bit, wow. but, uh, Instagram just kind of like took it over because like, I, you know, you could, I, I write my captions on Instagram instead of like publishing them on the web. But mm -hmm. she was like, she says, uh, you should do it. You could help a lot of people, you know, and uh, that's what I did. I started it, and it started out simply just as a fitness page, and then it blossomed into, like, you know what? I'm just going to say whatever I want, pretty much, and just try and help everybody however I can because I've been through a lot of stuff on and off the job, and uh, I know how hard it could be to be motivated to change yourself or overcome struggles or overcome bad things in your in your past or in your you know childhood or in your life and i just want to help everybody like i mean yeah i'm a cop so like a lot of cops gravitate towards me but i just want to honestly i want to help everybody man i mean that's a that's a super inspiring story man i've been i got like frank as well i've been i mean i've met you personally i met you at the fit for duty event on randall's island um not that's right past yeah. year, but the year before and, um, I just remember dudes telling me like, yeah, you know what that is, man. And I'm like, uh, no, nah, I hadn't started following you yet. And then, you know, as soon as I found out who you were, I started following you. And the one thing I could say is that, uh, you're very, um, authentic, you know what I mean? So it's like, Thank it's you. Never, yeah, it's like the guy that you, the guy that I met at Randall's Island is the same dude I see on Instagram. And, um, I think, um, a lot of people don't realize how much, uh, grit it takes to change a, your whole lifestyle, not just mentally, but you know, physically as well, you know, uh, I appreciate mind, that. Yeah. What the mind can do, you know, the, the body will follow up. So the fact that you, you know, were able to change and, you know, switch gears is uh pretty amazing. And for guys who don't know who are listening, don't know what jammed up means. That's just when a cop gets into a little hot water and, uh, they, you know, it's some kind of like punishment they give us. So either they'll take you out of a command or, you know, they'll sit you down for a little bit until they figure out what the situation is. And then, you know, it goes back to business as usual, because I think a lot of our listeners probably aren't cops. So I just kind of wanted to clear that up. Like, jammed up, you know, I think you make a yeah, sandwich or yeah. something. So <laughs> I, just wanted, I just wanted to clear that up. But, uh, yeah, man, it's a very inspiring story. Um, Thank it you. Better. It gets better as I keep watching, man. So, you know, keep that up. Thanks. I appreciate that. In time, brother. Now, Aaron, to, kick that to keep going with that story, to give advice to people that might be in the situation you were in years ago, um, 70 pounds in eight months, that's incredible. Um, now, what was, what were the changes you made? Not, you know, what, what were, the, was it your, your diet? Was it the way you worked out? Because the way you work out now, probably you wouldn't be able to, the way you worked out when you lost 70 pounds. I might, you know what I'm talking about? You might be, not be able to run as much or walk as much. So, what kind of kept you, um, what was like your start off for the first month or two to get your journey really going? My start off, uh, I said to myself, what do I enjoy doing that's activity? And I enjoy bike riding. I enjoy being outside riding a bike. So I went and I bought a bike. And what I did was I rode from my house to the Long Island Railroad. And I would take the Long Island Railroad to where I was working at the time, which was the 108. So I would take it to Woodside. And then I would ride it to, from Woodside to the 108. And then I would do the same thing on the way home. I would say consistently three days a week, four days a week. And then uh, on top of that, I was monitoring what I was eating. I was tracking my calories. I'm a big fan of calorie tracking. 
and uh, I used my fitness pal, and then that's why I started to lose the weight. And then I started lifting weights because the gym, the precinct gym, just happened to be like directly under my office, and I used to have to walk through it every day. And then one day, <laughs> yeah, and one day I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start lifting weights. So then I started slowly getting back into it. I think that's a big thing. Like once you, if you're gonna start lifting weights. Yo, go slow. Get into it slowly. Don't burn yourself out right away. You're gonna don't get hurt. Like, the main thing is just to take it easy for the first month or two, and then like, slowly transition into it. Otherwise, you're gonna be burnt. You're gonna get injured, and you're not gonna want to do it anymore. Exactly. Um, and again, I commend you for your journey. It's not easy, and you know, Aaron, you kind of said it yourself, man. It was up to you to make this change. You know, no one can. And at the end of the day. It was up to Aaron to uh, start that bike ride, start that one pedal, start that one step, and then it turned into one bike ride, turned into two bike rides, to three bike rides. And I'm a firmly believer if you go into a diet right away and change all five, six meals a day, let's say, that you're eating, I think I personally think you'll crash. It's one meal at a time. You feel comfortable with one meal, you go to two meals, three meals, three healthy meals, you have a little snack, and over time, brick by brick, that's going to add up. And just how, your story, just how your story did, man. One bike ride, two bike ride, three bike ride, one mile a day, two mile, you know, the, ne the next two weeks, two miles. And that all that adds up. A lot of people think that this change physically and mentally can happen in a month or two. It, it takes it takes years. And it's not just years. It's it's it takes a lifetime of uh, small work every single day to be the best version of you can. And you're you're a great example of that. So thank you, man. Thank you. Um, you also have your uh, your NASM, too, right? Lo uh, right, Aaron? Yeah, I uh, I finished my NASM like a couple months ago, right before I got this position. I didn't get it for this position. I got mm -hmm. it just as like a credential, just so that like when you know, people would be like, oh yeah, what do you? See? You're not a certified personal trainer, just so I could be like, well, actually, I am actually, a certified yeah, personal yeah. trainer. Yeah, on yeah. top of it, like I don't take, listen, I don't take clients. The only client that I'm working with right trying to work with right now, is uh, my wife. And uh, maybe like one other person in my family, but other than I don't take clients. I didn't get it to take clients. I got it to uh, expand my knowledge base and help people for free on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Oh, man, that's a that's a noble thing for, for you to do, man. Oh, actually, and it also like kind of solidifies, you know, like you said, like you know, someone's gonna be like, hey, you know, what do you know? I'm like, oh well, I happen to be you know certified, so I am you know well versed in in nutrition yeah. and fitness. Just so I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass and you know part of my language, but you know, if someone comes to you and has a wealth of knowledge and they're telling you, all right, you need to do X, Y, and Z, uh, it would behoove them to listen to the person that's giving them this information because not only, A, are you like a, just a, you know, a physical testament that, you know, you lost X amount of pounds and you've done this, but you have the, you know, education behind it to back it. So Correct. commendable. Commendable. Thank you. Yeah, Jay, that was a great point because I was about to hit it. Not only do you have the education, man, you have the effing life experience and the journey behind it, you know? So that's and really what it comes down to, man, you know? At the end of the day, the life experience is, to me, and I think most people look for the certificates and, sh and all that crap. Like, I always think of that whole C.T. Fletcher thing where if you've ever seen uh, <laughs> my Magnificent... If you've ever seen My Magnificent Obsession, if you haven't seen it, if you're listening, you should watch it. It's you a great watch story. It, yeah, it's great. Where he tries to get a job being a personal trainer and he can't get one because he doesn't have a certificate. Meanwhile, the guy's like one of the most decorated like lifters of all time of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he can't do it because it's some stupid piece of paper, but at the end right. of the day experience and like what, you know, is way more important knowledge than 
some piece of paper. But I just wanted to make sure that I had both. I hear that, man. That's, re- that's respectable. Yeah, and his his story, um, like you said, his story, especially CTs, is way is, is worth way more than a piece of paper. Oh, 100 percent. So I, I, that's that's a that's a great point. Um, a few more quick questions, man. We'll wrap this up. Um, now let's let's hit on what's going on right now. I mean, you have to live literally under a rock or a, on a private island by yourself. And not know what's <laughs> so hopefully everyone knows what I'm talking about. We'll break this up into two questions, Aaron. One, any the advice you can give to first responders, not just cops, um, that are going through a really really tough time right now, and then two. Same thing for civilians that are not cops, that are isolated, um, that are getting really stuck in their own labyrinth, which, again, is your head. You know, you're getting stuck in your head. You're running through the maze. You, you don't know where to go. You're feeling alone. Uh, what do you got for us, man? Listen, um, just like anything else, you have to look for the positives. There are positives I see every day. And like this stuff, listen, I will tell you all the time to look for the positives. But there's times, especially now, where I see negatives Mm -hmm. and I have to look at those negatives and see what positives are in them. And I know it sounds like really cliche to do that, but you have to count your blessings. You have to see all the things around you in the world that you have and that you're blessed to have and like things that you're grateful for and practice like being grateful because this is this is a short thing. You know, I mean, yes, it will last a month or two, but in the grand scheme of your life, this is going to be a short thing that you're going to get over and you just have to take it day by day by day, minute by minute. The second you start to feel overwhelmed, there's this tactic. It's called what's important now, right? It's called win. Yeah. What's important now? You just, you have to think of it, be where your feet are and think right now, what's important now? Am I getting overwhelmed? Is getting overwhelmed going to help me? Is it going to help my situation or is it just going to make it worse? And uh, it's really led to me being like getting out of my own head a lot, like, and being able to overcome certain things in my life, like whether it be my past, like child abuse, like all that stuff. And I'm telling you, it's really helped me a lot. Oh man, that was a gem, man. I, that that was spot on, man. Like, whew. thank you. Modern day prophet over there, man. I like that. Add it to the gospel. Good. This dude, this guy's good. I like this guy. Um, yeah. I mean, because a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people focus on the negative, and um, you know, it's like looking at the, you know, looking at the glass half empty or versus half full. You know what I mean? And, Absolutely. Um, I, I think if you, uh, if you, you, you practice what you preach too, because like I'm constantly watching your videos on Instagram and, um, like it, I mean, literally the person that I'm, that I watch on Instagram and the guy I'm listening to right now is the uh, same dude. So, you know, thank you for keeping it, uh, authenticious. Thank you. And I, and honestly, that means a lot because, you know, we all see a lot of fake stuff out there yeah, and like, I try to show here. my ups and downs no matter. Yeah. I try to show my ups and downs no matter what. Because I know how much of a struggle it could be for people. Like we don't, we're not always out there winning all the time. You know what I mean? And I think that's such such a bullshit illusion to show people, because yep. it show, makes people feel like their life isn't like worth as much as somebody else's. And I just want to. I that's another thing I promise I made to myself is just to keep it as real as possible. 
Yeah, because I mean, let's be honest. Like perception is everything, and people perceive you to to be this like, uh, you know, this holier than thou being. And like the minute you fall short on something, they'll just try to either a expose you or just, you know, b just from Jump Street you were just faking. So the fact that you have that uh, you show that vulnerability, I mean, I think that's a that's a beautiful thing, man. Thank you. And again, you don't need a certificate. You don't need a certification for that one. So. Um, Thank you, Aaron. Um, before, uh, before we wrap up, I just got a few personal questions, uh, basic questions, and we just want to get to know you a little bit more. Sure. Uh, what is your favorite movie? I know it's very broad and hard, but if you can maybe pick one or two that comes to the top of your head right now. I have two. My first one is Point Break. Ooh, the original right. one was Keanu Reeves. One, yes. 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 And Patrick Swayze. One of the best okay. movies. Yeah. One of the best movies of all time. Last time I was in California, I took like the whole tour of like filming locations, all that. And the oh, second awesome. one is another one. True Romance. True Romance. <laughs> that's a yes. good one. All right. Solid. Yeah. Solid. When, did, when did that come out? Because honestly, I've never heard of that one. That was in the uh, the nine, late nineties, I think. It was a oh, good man. movie. It was uh, written by Quentin Tarantino, and okay. it's good. Christian Slater. It's it. Trust me, give it a watch. It's, it's, it's a good movie. It's an action. It's a great movie. movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. Frank's definitely. Frank's twenty seven. You got to be like in your thirties to get that, Frankie. Yeah, I don't think I was even yeah. born yet. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't think I was alive yet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I, wrote, I wrote that one down, man. Um, All right. Favorite sport. I'm, you know, what's funny is I'm a big football guy, or I was a huge football guy. I was so into it back in the day, and I used to watch it every Sunday. But since I started working out more, like it's taken like a backseat. But I'd still say football is probably my favorite for sure. Okay, respectable. You have a team? I'm a Jets fan, man. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jets. Man, that's a I'm a. I'm a Jets and Mets fan. Uh, listen, I'm, I've been tortured since birth. What can I tell you? <laughs> Aaron, we're in the same boat, man. I'm, I'm a Jet yeah. fan as well, so I feel your pain. Uh, uh, if, if you can meet one person in the world, who could it be? Um, alive or dead? Ooh, that's a good one. Alive or dead? Listen, I've uh, I've been fortunate enough to meet The Rock, so that would have been my oh, top awesome. one. But I have to say right now, honestly, David Goggins probably. David Goggins, yeah, man. Yeah, that dude's a it's a mental giant, man. Um I'd have to I'd have to second that too. Yeah, man. I just uh I, I'm halfway through his book. Yeah, I read it yeah. this past summer. It's a great book. Yeah, and if people Yeah, I'm halfway through it. it. I haven't finished it yet. If you never heard of David Goggins, here's a guy, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron. I think he it took him three three tries to become a Navy SEAL, so he didn't quit after the first uh, few tries. He uh, literally kept that mental toughness. Is that yeah, correct? That's correct. Yeah, so that's another amazing story right there. Um, and he has a crazy transformation, too, from a powerlifter to now one of the best runners probably in the world. Uh, this guy's a machine. Um, yeah, legit. So, uh, another one. All right, here we go. If you had one meal to eat for the rest of your life, the same meal, what would it be? Uh, if we're eating healthy, I could eat chicken and rice every day for the rest of my life. I don't care. Like I could seriously eat it forever. But if we're going like junk food, uh, hamburgers from All American Hamburger Stand in Massapequa, New York, are the best <laughs> hamburgers on on planet Earth. I get those when I cheat, and uh, I love them. Beef, baby, you can't get, go wrong with beef. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> that's funny. The last question. <laughs> the last question. Somebody picked up on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you have one one time frame, one time frame to go back to, man, it could be ten years ago, it could be hundreds, it could be the pyramid times, whatever. What, what, where would you go? I I'll go to the '80s, man. You know, like I don't know. I would take the knowledge <laughs> that I have now and go back to the '80s. Back to the '80s. <laughs> yeah, the decade of excess. Just like people having fun, having a good time, like. I don't know. It seems like it seems in movies it seems like a great time. It could have been absolutely terrible, but who knows? But <laughs> in the movies it seems like uh, it was a fun time, you know. Especially like for bodybuilding and stuff. Like think about it, you know. I don't know. It seems like oh, a great time. Man. The best of the best. Yeah, yeah. it seemed like a blast. I'm well, sure. if I, if we ever make a time machine and and they got a group of people going to the '80s, I know where I know where I'm going to look for you, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Once again, Aaron, thank you, man, so much for coming on our first podcast ever. I mean, honestly, I don't think we ever need to make another one because this one went so well. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, thank you so much, man. Um, again, my name is Frank. You can find me at reps underscore four underscore responders on Instagram. Uh, it's a it's a free uh, not it's a nonprofit organization. It's a free gym for all first responders, active, um, retired or volunteer and as well as military. And uh, Aaron, where can they find you at? You can find me at huge, H-U-G-E, underscore fat, F-A-T, underscore loser, L-O-S-E-R, on Instagram. Huge fat loser, people. He still is the huge fat loser, and he represented with pride. So thank you, Aaron. And Jay, thank you very much. Jay, where can we find you at, brother? Yeah, you can find me at uh, the real Jumpman. Jay spells as it sounds. Uh, uh, the real, and then J is spelled out J-A-Y. Um, on Instagram. So uh, thank you, man. Aaron, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your schedule to, to talk to us. Uh, it was greatly appreciated. No, thank you for yeah. having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Anytime, brother, man. Stay safe out there, all right? Thank you. You guys, too. Yeah, right, God, bless, God bless you guys. And thanks for everyone uh, enjoying and tuning in. Uh, have a good day. God bless. Thanks.